Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everyone. On the day after the eclipse, which I've been hearing about for what feels like a week, week and a half. I know I probably shouldn't sound so bitter about it, but I'm actually not feeling too badly that everyone's done talking about it. And um, hey, thanks so much to everybody who gave me the feedback and, and listening in yesterday on Jonathan D'Ambrosio's interview. It was absolutely amazing. Um, Jonathan, like I said, is a terrific person. And if you're in a position to be able to help him with his Indiegogo campaign, know that both he and I would greatly appreciate that. He puts together some great filmmaking. He's a very humble, very honest filmmaker, and he's just very true to himself. So I would appreciate it, and so would he. Just want to remind everybody that um, today we're interviewing the lovely and talented Lee Lisa Wilcox will be on the line very shortly. And then tomorrow I'm taking the day off. Apparently, um, sad to say, Ed Armatruda has not um, confirmed as of yet. So it looks like I'll be off for the day tomorrow, which I could probably use. Thursday, we're back on air for our last show of the week with Jeff Petty, who is a Canadian musician. He's going to be on at 5 o'clock Central Standard Time. So very excited to be hosting him as far as that goes. Uh, just a couple quick notes, um, business notes, etc. I just want to remind everybody I'm still taking submissions for my festival, Art is Alive Film Festival is the name. Um, I'm still accepting probably two more screenplays, and that looks like three more films, and we should be capped off and ready to go. Um, to those that may or may not have heard the whole quandary, sad to say, but true. Unfortunately, the last minute, the publicist that helped me book the venue backed out, and so I had to find a new venue, and then, of course, we finally thought we had it scheduled, and then, of course, Yom Kippur came up, so it's like, great, we've had to push it off twice, but we're all set, ready to roll. Um, definitely taking submissions, total of five more, two screenplays, three films. If anybody's interested, either go to the Facebook page, which is Art of the Live Film Festival on um, my uh, on Facebook, it's Art of the Live Film Festival. Otherwise, you can email me directly at cin4251 at gmail.com, and I can send you the link. Otherwise, visit filmfreeway.com, and then just look up Art of the Live Film Festival. You'll be able to find the link to go ahead to submit your film. So we're definitely still accepting those. Obviously, I think I threw it out to everyone in the universe that Kerwin's comic book is on sale. If you want any details or information on that, again, the name is Sergeant Seizure and the Evil Dr. Cuckoo. Check that out. Um, reminder to everyone, um, I'm sure you have followed on social media, or I should say followed my absence on social media. So once again, thanks so much for so many condolences and uh, so many kind words. It doesn't fall on deaf ears. Um, I'm silent for a reason. I'm just mourning, and it's difficult, and I appreciate it. So I just want you to know that I love you, and I thank you so much for all of your concern. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be coming back to social media or otherwise. I also have delayed my trip to New York a week, so I'm not going to be there tomorrow, kids. I'll be there a week from tomorrow. Um, just to get everybody the quick update. So I think that's it. I think that's all I can think of for right now. Let's get the lovely and talented Lisa on the line and start talking to her. Hello? Miss Lisa Wilcox, is this you? Yes, it is. I'm so Hello. nervous and excited all at the same Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Can you hear okay. me? Okay, good. I almost had a heart attack right there. I'm like, oh, my God, because this happens sometimes. People lose one another. No, I'm just a combination yes. of excited and nervous. Whenever a big deal comes on the show, I get nervous, and you're a big deal for lots of reasons, um, oh. I think. You do. We'll talk about a lot of these reasons, because I know oftentimes people look at you and they're thinking Nightmare on Elm Street and the whole Freddy Krieger thing, and I'm like, well, sure, you're synonymous with that, but that's really not all of you. You know what I mean? Well, you know what I'm talking about. You're you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, so kind I'm of me, like, yeah. yes, done all kind. I've done all kinds of stuff, sitcoms and yeah, soap operas, yeah. and episodic and Star Trek and et cetera. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. That's yeah. exactly why I asked you to come on the show because I want to talk about all sorts of different things. <laughs> Obviously, we'll get to Nightmare sure. on Elm Street, but certainly I want to talk about certain things. 
First of all, this took me off guard. I didn't realize that you were the co-founder um, of a footwear jewelry retailer, um, Fulbright's to be exact, actually. So can you talk to me a bit about yeah. that? I don't know anything about it. Tell us about it. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Tobrights was founded with to- Tuesday Night, who played Kristen in Nightmare 4. And okay. um, she, was, she was making these adorable illusion bands. We call it illusion band, like a clear, stretchy mm-hmm. band. So it's not metal. Okay. Stretchy band, toe rings that had a charm on them, which could be a mermaid or a palm tree or angel wings or a pumpkin or an Eiffel Tower. We mm. had over two, we had almost 300 different styles in the toe rings. And we named the company Toe Brights. And what we did is we okay. sold um, wholesale to Nordstrom's, to okay. retailers all over the United States, boutiques, mm-hmm. chain stores drugstores, and then we had a huge distribution in Japan as well. So I oh my God. shopping channel really? in Japan a couple times. I got to take my mom on a trip to Japan. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, we, we literally started this business from home, okay, total grassroots movement. And then it That's just awesome. grew and grew and grew to where we had offices, and we were manufacturing originally out of California, but then we did move sure. manufacturing to um, India and to China. Um, yeah, oh my God. we made a, awesome. millions of these things, and we were and we were in all the magazines back then. In style, lucky celebrities were wearing them. We were giving them as party favors at Emmy Award parties, and you know that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so we did that for like almost eight nine years. Yeah, it was a blast. Right. It was an absolute blast. That's, that is yeah. awesome. So, I, am I to uh, kind of ascertain at this point that is it still going on now? <laughs> I just want to double check that. Meaning, are you guys no, still making them? Kinda, no, we're not. No, however, we just met with our um, Los Angeles uh, sales rep who has okay. um, her, you know, at the L.A. Mart and all that kind of thing. And we had a meeting with her, yeah. and she's like, are you guys going to be making them again? Oh, my gosh. Because, obviously, they're like a no-brainer for Hawaii and for, you know, coastal stores um, sure. and whatnot. So we are – at doing it again. Yes, we are. I Yay. miss it. I really do miss it. And, you know, who who would think two little bobblehead blonde actresses start this little business, right? And then oh, my God. It grew. <laughs> and then it grew into, like, really huge proportions. And it's more like the style. I mean, it was so cool to have a product at Nordstrom's. I go to Nordstrom's, and, you know, and I had to figure out, what, how, how are we going to display these and the little spinner we designed and all of this kind of thing? It was it was really right. fun. But yep, we we're looking at doing it again. So 2018, you can that get some good. toe brights again. <laughs> I love it. That's what I figured because, like I said, most people are thinking, okay, she's an actress, but you would have no idea that you did something like that. So I thought it was important to bring it up. And you'll find out later in the interview why I'm asking that question. But this way, folks know. Oh. yes, toe brights <laughs> actually have a have a revolution here. So that's awesome. Okay, this is very important to me that we talk about this because I, I think this is huge because I'm a mom myself and I have a busy life myself. And, um, you know, at one point mm-hmm. in my life, I, I stepped away from my career. My child was ill for a long time, and so I had to do that. And I noticed mm-hmm. that you yourself had taken an eight-year hiatus. And I want you to – reason I bring this up is a lot of creatives listen to my show. And I think that they think it's not okay. We need to come back into the game a little later on. But I think it's totally okay. I interview lots of people, 40s, 50s, 60s, and it's okay to step away. So tell us a bit about your backstory in terms of what made you have to take this hiatus or choose to take this hiatus, and how has it affected you personally and professionally? 
Well, the hiatus really did happen when I have two boys um, four years apart. And um, I remember the last thing I did out of town was in Canada, actually. Um, And it was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I did a TV series for Fox. And my first son was born. And I went on this audition. I think he was about three months old, right? So I was still trying to get the body back and all that. But I went on this audition, and I booked the role of Missy for the series. And so my husband and I, we went flew and lived in Vancouver for a few months with our baby, you know, and it was fine. But once the kids started school, you know, once they started school, it was just like, I can't go flying out of town to do anything. I, you know, I wanted to be home with them and raise them and be room mom and, you know, take them to school and make their lunch and, you know, do all that kind of thing. So I really, and, and my husband at the time was, um, he was a writer on Boy Meets World. And mm-hmm. so I really, you know, I, I just shifted gears, you know, um, appropriately so that I could be, you know, around for my, my children. And then my second son came around, Ryan, um, and, you know, I wanted to do the same thing for him. So I took sure. a very, very long break, very long break. Um, and then here it is, last year, decided to get back into acting full-time. I mean, I also did a stint, well, I had Tobrights and then um, did right. five years in the corporate world, and sure. uh, which was really fun at the time. Um, but then when I ended up having four bosses, one in Germany, two in New York, and one in Dutch, not anymore. I think I'm going to go back into acting because my kids are now, of course, grown, and out of the right. house and right. doing and doing wonderful, um, and so I went back to my passion. You know, my passion. I mean, I swear I'm born on this earth to act. So, yeah, that's it's, awesome. And it is I at my age. It. I'm early fifties, right? Right. Um, right. Like, you, you wouldn't know if I looked at you. What? You look like you look like you're like 38, 39 years old. So she's lying, folks. She looks completely like Thank she's mid-thirties. Thank you mid-30s, so much. No fool you. But it's true. Thank you. And my agents, my agents do submit me for much younger than my age. Absolutely. I see them on a regular basis. They know what I look like. Um, (laughs) That's awesome. um, Yeah. It was like, okay, I'm going to come back. Now, of course, the industry has changed incredibly. Oh, my gosh. Because it's now all about social media and the Twitter Mm -hmm. and the Instagram and the content and the interaction and even auditions have completely changed. I mean, I don't have to live in Los Angeles anymore. I can do remote auditions wherever I am. If I decide to move to Nashville, Tennessee, which by the way is someplace mm-hmm. I really, really do want to live. Um, you just do, you know, a Skype audio audition. Um, right. Don't bring headshots to your audition anymore. It's all online, you know. Um, it's right. it's really changed, but I definitely had to adjust and get sort of retrained, you know, on, okay, how do we do this now again? How do we do this? You know, so I get it. I do. Now, if somebody's listening right now and they're considering, meaning that they're older age, you know, you're talking 40s, 50s, whatever, and they're looking to get into the game now, what sort of advice would you give to them or or would you, how would you encourage them in terms of being successful at this point, maybe if they're first integrating or going back in, what's the best advice you could offer them? Oh, gosh, you've got to know your social media. <laughs> you've got to get that down, man. You just have to. It's essential. 
Um, these days, casting directors and directors will look and see what your following is on Facebook. Right. And they'll look right. at your IMDb and your star meter, and they'll look at your Instagram following. They want to know, you know, um, how viable you are. And, you know, it's interesting because, um, <laughs> okay, so Nightmare on Elm Street 4 comes out in 1988. By the way, we just had the 29-year 29 29 year anniversary that past weekend of when it came out in theaters. It's crazy. I'm like, where did that time go? Anyway, um, but it's like if there were star meters and follower times and, you know, you know all this social media stuff back then, Alice, my okay. character, would have been number one, would have been number one, <laughs> top ten, you know? Sure. Um, but back oh, then, no, there I was know. no such thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so now, um, so, yeah, you have to um, really have keep content going interaction going with your followers. Um, Excuse me. Yeah, so I would say you really have to know that game. That definitely. I figured that, yeah. And plus the other thing, too, is some people talk about this, and and you tell me, Lisa, in your experience, um, networking. We talk a lot about that on my show, meaning that when I first started out, I didn't realize Mm. that every single person you meet could be integral to a career in some manner, shape, or form. Would you agree with that in terms of the acting side? Because I don't have any experience in the acting thing, but I find producers and directors and actors network with each other, but I find it important to network in like field. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that that might be crucial as well um, in terms of getting somewhere? Yes, always. Um, Well, also, too, as an artist, you just want to be out there seeing plays. You want to be seeing the latest movies. You want to be current on, um, you know, storytelling is a really big thing now, improvisation. I mean, you want to be out there and, you know, being exposing yourself to all of those elements just as a creative person. But also, like, you know, how you and Cindy, how you and I met is through Steve, right? Right. Exactly, um, Steve Joyner, and mm-hmm. and he is, yeah, Steve Joyner, and he has set up so many radio interviews and blogs, and it's been right. he's just a sweetheart. And I finally met him in person a couple nights ago Did at you? the Improv. Yeah, oh, nice. he invited me to Sheena Metal, who is just celebrated 23 years as a talk show host. She does LA Talk Radio. Oh, wow. So, oh, that's so awesome. I'm going to be interviewing with her next week, you know, and I'm going to be going that's into the radio cool. station. Steve also was talking to a director who um, was getting some, he was helping her out with getting some radio interviews and whatnot. And then he mentioned my name to her and she's like, oh my God, I love Lisa. She was Alice, The Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm doing five (laughs) movies. I want to talk to her and meet her. So I'm going to be doing some movies now with this director. So it's, it's, yeah, it's essential to just be alive. Step out of your house now and then, (laughs) you know, and and meet meet people. Well, and like like we're talking about here, because I think sometimes people just think to themselves, oh, I can only talk to this person or this person, or I need to get in this social circle or this, but you'd be amazed. I've met some incredible people, and it's led to some amazing opportunities in one conversation, or somebody knows somebody, mm-hmm. so it's important, folks, not only network within your field, but also somewhere outside of your field is sometimes okay, too, actually. Another thing I want to ask yeah. you about Lisa, is um, you've, I, I know you've delved into the commercial work, meaning you've done things for Yamaha and Little Caesars and Pro Flowers. 
Now, yeah, I mean, you come from a background. Again. <laughs> I know, yeah. and I'm excited about this because of this, because obviously you have a background in both TV and film, and, and most folks that are listening in may not have a background in this. So obviously I know what it's like. My friends tell me all the time what it's like to be on a set of a television set or when you're filming a, a film. But what's it like with the commercial? I mean, do you prefer something like a commercial because it's kind of in, kind of out, or is it a little more um, challenging for you? Talk to me a bit about that commercial experience. Oh, gosh, a great question, because it, it really it varies all over the place. Um, commercials can be, nowadays, it would be a commercial, but they also include print. So they're also taking just photographs for you, for their brochure, or for their, you know, their website, and that kind of thing. Um, and some of them had, there's no dialogue at all, like the Yamaha, um, there was no dialogue. But I got seven days oh. in Washington <laughs> And Oregon on a motorcycle, okay? And oh we God. went to every night was a different hotel, different location. I mean, it was pretty intense, but sure. the most beautiful places in the world. So I, like, got a paid vacation. That's how I look at it. Um, there were four <laughs> of us cool. on the spot, and we were in the most amazing – I mean, it was gorgeous. And I basically just had to sit on the back of a, of, of a motorcycle for seven days, <laughs> Okay. That's it cool. was amazing. And then we did some print, too, but I got to see places. Sure. I never it spent time up there, it was, so it, it was fantastic. Then um, there's other one, other commercials where, in fact, I just auditioned for a uh, Samsung commercial, tons of dialogue. Okay, okay. and you, sure. you, you, you have, like, you get the call at 8 p.m., and you're, you're, you have to be there at 9 a.m. for the audition, okay? So you have less than 12 hours to sleep, get ready, get there, and memorize like an entire monologue, right? Oh my god. Um okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um so commercials are definitely um challenging, but a sure. lot of fun. And the best part too is, you know, once you land the job, the actors you're working with, the directors, you know, the the client, you know, whoever the client is, whether it's Samsung or Wendy's or whatever, um it, it's a real blast. It's kind of like um getting paid to for like an acting class, you know? Um, I'm, I'm, it keeps you on your toes, keeps that bad. brain memory happening, you know? Um, well, and yeah, I was just going to ask, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to ask a question relative to that, because as you were talking about that, I, all I could think of in my head was this, because obviously I'm 48 and obviously we're all aging a little bit, but even if you're not necessarily more of an aged individual, how challenging, I mean, I'm trying to picture how actors do this. Like if you do a major motion picture or like if you're a main character, I mean, how easy is it for you necessarily, because we don't want to talk about everybody, but you as an actor, how hard is it for you to memorize dialogue on the spot or is it, has it become more challenging? I can't even imagine having to learn lines and know them like, boom, there you go. Right? I mean, isn't that challenging? <laughs> yes, it's definitely challenging. But what I find is practice makes perfect. And I swear the brain okay. is a muscle and sure. and it's always so I do little games with myself. If I'm reading a book, I will just go ahead and memorize a paragraph out of that book just to keep the brain and keep those little memory cells going, right, to memorize. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing that um, it's, it's literally an exercise to keep it sure. going. Um, and that. it helps. It helps so much. Um, when I got back into acting and I – 
you know, had an audition or whatever, the memorization, I was freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is too hard. I can't remember anything. I can't remember anything. <laughs> but now, I, it was terrifying. But now I actually, it, it's, it's working. Like I've, I've, you know, gotten that area of my brain pumped up. And it's ready. Okay. And, man, it can memorize now. It can memorize. You, oh, you bet. So That's awesome. Um, That's terrific. Yeah. And it's yeah, because I just, essential. I was curious. Because on set, they'll change the lines, too, you know. And, boy, is that oh. a humdinger. When they change the lines, you're like, but I just spent all night memorizing this. Oh, oh, you're going to change the word on me. But you know what? Once it's memorized and down, you can switch a word in and out, no problem. I bet. Oh, I imagine so. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you for that because I was, I've always been intrigued by that and I've asked other actors and some people seem to have an easier time with it and some people seem to struggle. So I guess it's just a matter of personal, like you're saying, practice makes perfect. Clearly, I think obviously, so. you've been doing this I long enough. But I was out for so long, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, and, but it, it, it um, it's all come back. Let me put it that way. It's it's come back. That part of my brain. So it's been revived. <laughs> Yay! Now uh, I want to switch gears a little bit again because I know prior to doing TV and film, you had well. Obviously, I know that your education is University of California, Los Angeles, and I know you got your BA in drama and theater art, which obviously I assume was quite beneficial because I know you've done eight theater productions in the past. This is what I want to ask you about theater because you almost to mm. me and not really knowing you that well, I. To me, looking at you and reading what I have and doing my research and homework, I almost believe mm. that you're more comfortable on a theater stage than you are in the other stages, or am I mistaken? Oh, my gosh. I'm so comfortable on the stage. you got it. <laughs> you have so got uh-huh. it. I mean, that was my training. Yeah, from a teenager, um, started doing theater all completely mm. by accident, I assure you. <clears throat> I was literally with a friend, a, a friend, and said, I'm going to audition at uh, Buddy Epson's um, Playhouse in Newport Beach. Okay. You want to come along? I'm like, okay, sure. So I go, and I'm sitting there in the audience, and I'm watching the auditions happen, and, and, you know, and this beautiful woman, Jane Nye, who was a producer of this particular production, she taps my shoulder, and she's like, you're auditioning for the role of girl, right? I'm like, what? No, I no, no. <laughs> Thank you. No. She asked me three times to audition. I get up on that stage, I audition, and I got the lead role in a play called um, The Hot Owl Baltimore by Lanford Wilson. And okay. then I went on to win, like, awards and stuff like that. Oh, and my I, God. I got bit by the bug. And from that point on, and this happened when I was 16 years old, and I had wheels, right? So I did right. play after play after play after play, um, equity waiver, I did two high school plays, but all the other plays were all outside of high school. And, I, you know, we kind of look back at, boy, the, 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 the energy of youth. How did I go to school full-time, make good grades, do my tests, right. and do rehearsals five nights a week and perform on weekends, you know, ultimately? God. It was insane. So I did plays from 16 till 22 years old. And talk about memorization. Um, I learned, too, how to memorize ways to memorize through some wonderful guidance from some amazing directors that I had along that, that time period. And um, gosh, my, my ideal job would be doing a play or a sitcom because a sitcom is very similar. You rehearse all week. Friday is showtime. 
the audience comes in and the cameras are rolling, but you have a live audience and you have that vibe and that energy and all of that. I mean, there's just nothing like performing live. Film, episodic, totally different and totally kind of, well, not quite as exciting. (laughs) Let me put it that way. Oh, I imagine. See, and that's why I thought I was just an assumption, obviously. But I said to myself, "Yeah, if she's coming from this and she studied in this." And I thought, "Okay, do you think you might make another revival and kind of head back towards the theater stage at some point?" Yes, I'm. I'm. Yes, I am considering that. Actually, you know, the kids are grown really? now. Um, I could do rehearsals at night. The hard part is that once you're committed to a play, you're committed. I mean, performances are going to be right. weekends. But I'm working a lot now doing a lot of films and a lot of autograph shows and conventions and this and that. So it's it's very bittersweet. It's very bittersweet. But I'm considering um, Sheena Metal, who um, is one of the hosts on L.A. Talk Radio, she is Mm -hmm. involved with the vagina monologue. And so the commitment to those is smaller, you know, and it's for a weekend. So anyway, so I'm definitely going to be hitting up Sheena for maybe doing one of those um, weekend shows, which would be fun. Nice. Very nice. I'd like to hear that. That's awesome. Now, I want to switch gears around because uh, this is big for me on my show because oftentimes what happens is I interview people and they assume that, you know, Lisa's just walking around acting 24-7 and she's not a real-life person. So I want to talk about some of the things that I know (laughs) about you to be true from a personal standpoint. First of all, um, what I think is really cool is um, I often interview people that originally aren't from L.A. or New York or Chicago, you know, the bigger markets. So you came from um, mm-hmm. Missouri, so you're a Midwesterner, I guess, so to speak. So am I. Obviously, I'm in Wisconsin. So um, <laughs> would, you, would you consider yourself converted to a Californian, as I call it, or are you still kind of faithful to that whole miserable it, – it's a whole other level going to L.A. I don't think people realize that. And when you come from a Midwestern state, was that tough for you to adjust Do you know what I mean? Because I think it's a whole other way of living there. Mm -hmm. It certainly is. Um, We were, um, yeah, I'm from Missouri, and I still feel those are my roots. We moved when I was 14, and my father was offered this amazing job opportunity in Newport Beach in Southern California. So we moved, and my sister and I, though, were so excited, and our friends envied us like crazy because it's like, California, California boys, <laughs> California, you know. And at the time, right. we were living in a little town called Washington. Um, we okay. lived in Columbia, St. Louis, and then we lived for a little, uh, a few years in a tiny little town, Washington. The high school was 14 miles away from where we lived. We lived on this beautiful lake. I mean, it was gorgeous, and I'm so glad I got to grow up there. I'm so, so glad. Oh, nice. Um, the adjustment to California was, yeah, pretty substantial. That's, there's no question about it. But that sure. it's interesting, though. I wouldn't be where I am, you know. I was going to go into the medical field. Right. That was my intention. My grandmother oh was my a, an RN. My my great grandfather was a doctor. Uh, yeah, I, that was my thing. You know, I was very bookish, very bookish. Um, mm-hmm. So the move to California, though, completely <laughs> kind of turned me upside down, right? <laughs> I believe it. I do. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I I have to go to L.A. in the near future, and I'm kind of, I don't want to say dreading it. It mm. just scares me because I'm more a New Yorker. So I find that you're either a New Yorker or a California person. Mm. You can't, I don't know if you can mm-hmm. be both. It's hard to try to be both. 
it's just you guys scare me. Like the last time I was there, I, I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how to get around. And I'm like feeling lost and everything like a palm tree. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of not used to it yet. But I'm going to get used to it. This trip around, I'm going to a couple of different places. I've been to San Diego. Now I'm going to go to uh, Beverly Hills and I'll be in Ojai and I'm going to Malibu a little bit. So it'll get me like more oh. exposed to just not L.A. I you know what I mean? I think it's the yes. L.A. thing. It is but, the L.A. thing, know, and, you know, my mother, my mom, um, we moved to Irvine, so I finished high school in Irvine, Southern California, nice. and then my folks lived in Laguna, and my mom, my sister's in Del Mar, Southern California, and my mom is in Lakeside, which is inland San Diego, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you, my mom, who's originally from Ohio, um, she, she will not come to Los Angeles. She just will not drive <laughs> up. She's just like, it's the traffic, and it's just... I mean, it's gridlock, and it is, it's a big oh, right. city. Um, it's crazy. You know, I think she's I come to it. L.A. like maybe three times in the past 25 years, you know. Oh, my God. I go down there. That's that's I know, because it's, no. but I get it, because it's, I go yeah, down I there, and I come back to the city, and I'm like, oh, boy, mm-hmm. here it comes, here it comes, here it exactly. comes. And it's kind of, and it's I kind live of like in a, a difference between yeah. that. Like Midtown Manhattan versus Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like you go to Midtown, you already know it's going <laughs> yeah. to be like ridiculous and I won't drive through it, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain things. So you get what I mean. Now, I want to talk about this because we are about shameless promotion on this show. So we're not just promoting you. Today we're going to talk about your son. Your son's a musician, I see, because I see he plays out and about. So tell us about your child. My son, Alex Sherman, um, he's an amazing uh, songwriter, composer. Um, he plays guitar. And things nice. and rights. And he's he plays all around town. Molly Malone's Pig and Whistle. He's working on his um C D right now in the studio. Um okay. when he performs though, it's just him and his guitar and his voice. his and but in the studio he definitely has, you know, the drums happening and, and this and that. Right. And of course once you live in Los Angeles, you meet musicians, you meet famous band members, you mean, you know, everyone's in the entertainment industry. So he has some amazing people um, like Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees, who's um, doing some drums and I think some other things, backup singing on his, um, on his music disc. Um, there's some people from Red Hot Chili Peppers that are working on his, you know, with him on the CD nice. as well. I, I know. Cool. Yeah. So, but um, Alex, um, my ex-husband, now I have to say, um, is from the Sherman Brothers. Um, okay. The Sherman Brothers wrote Mary Poppins, Winnie the Pooh. They wrote It's a Small World After All. So Alex definitely has that musical gene, you know, going through him for sure. Cool. Very, so, very nice. Yeah. We like that. That's awesome. Thank you. Now, this is what mm-hmm. I also know. I don't think you knew this about me, but back in the day, while it was still on, I was interviewing Cast the Sons of Anarchy. And from what I hear in a perfect world, Lisa Wilcox would like to be Gemma if she could. That's just what I read or just what I saw, actually. And I'm like, how interesting because you're so not Gemma-like. I'm not trying to be rude, but, like, you're totally not the Gemma. You know what I'm saying, right? Because I've met her. I met Katie Segal. And I have to tell you, she is yeah. badass in the best way. By that, I mean she couldn't be farther from Gemma. And moreover, She's not only a wonderful yeah. actor, but she really has that soul of a musician because she's been singing for so long. I don't yeah. think everybody knows that. She sings quite a bit. And so that's why it cracked me up. I'm yeah. like, why does why do you want to be Gemma? I mean, wasn't that a great show? <laughs> I love that show. Oh my God. I like one of my favorites that in the world. Show. 
I loved her. Katie Seagal is amazing. And, in fact, she does perform right down the street from me at Molly Malone's, where my son has performed. Now, that just gives oh my me God. goosebumps like crazy. And I just think her character, her acting in that right. piece, I mean, that, oh, my gosh, I have goosebumps right now. Mm-hmm. In fact, I went so far as, well, I have started a little collection of mini Legos, okay, the little mini Legos. Like I have a little Batman, and then um, I have a little mini Freddy Krueger, oh and his and his glove comes off his little mini hand, okay. Oh, that's and then, um, Okay. And then and then someone, so I put the little mini Freddy Krueger glove on my hand because I have an Alice mini Lego, um, because there's this amazing guy out of um, the UK who will personalize little mini, mini Legos. So I asked her oh. to have a Gemma. <laughs> oh, my mini God. Lego. I love her. I'm looking at her right now. OMG. Well, yeah, except <laughs> the problem with Gemma was is that she was so bad. You know what I mean? I was I like, know. oh, my God, I she's know. so bad. It's ridiculous. She's I'm so like, bad. oh, my God. So I have to ask so you, bad. not only, but played so you know, brilliantly. Played I know, brilliantly. I agree. I mean, not as a role of a lifetime. Seriously. I agree. Definitely. Yeah. So my two questions about SOA are, A, are you going to watch the spinoff because they're filming it right now? And B, were you satisfied with the finale? I always ask people that because I'm like, if you're a fan, you've watched it. I always oh. I liked it. I did. I thought it was a good finale, but maybe it's just me. It was a good finale, but I didn't want him to go. <laughs> I didn't oh, want him Lord. to go. Poor Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert, folks. We just told you. Like, no, he's too beautiful. That just can't happen. I know. No, it's I know, right? He's hot. I mean, he's really good looking. Charlie's you a very good looking man. Oh, my God, yeah. He mm. is. He is. And he yeah. had a few movies come out this year. King Arthur. Yep, and just saw it. That's a few yep, things. Just saw it's, it. So it's just launched. You know, he. I mean, he's launched his his career, his life. Um, And I've done I some agree. conventions where some of those actors are, you know, there. And their lines are very long. People getting their autograph, I can assure you. Um, oh, well, so I can't wait. Really popular, absolutely. Yeah, I me and too. I want to definitely think so. And I want to meet Katie one day. I have just got to meet her. Um, in fact, I'm on her mailing list for when she performs. Are that. you really? Well, and, I'll have to let you yeah. know um, when I get a chance to see her again because it was a public event that I had met her at to begin with, and that's when I was doing mm-hmm. the show. Like I've met. Bobby and I've met um, Juice and I have um, interviewed mm-hmm. like Emilio and Dayton Kelly and stuff like that. Um, so I'm hoping to get a chance to get some FaceTime with them. I'll have to let you know. But that well, was a great, great, great production. Wait, I loved wait. it. Oh, okay. Okay, Cindy, this is what's going to happen. You're going to come to Los Angeles. You're not going to You're going to call Katie. You're going to call her. So you're in town and we're going to have lunch. Okay. Right? Yeah. Let me just get her phone on that number on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that'll, make, that'll be top priority, Lisa. I'm just going to say to the kids, hey, we can call this afternoon. I have to try to find Katie Skull's cell phone number. So, too bad, kids. Just hang out yourself. Yeah. That'll work, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other thing I want to mention, folks, about her. I have full confidence in you. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. One of the cool <laughs> other things about you from a personal standpoint that I know about her, folks, not surprising. She loves to create, but she also loves to read. She likes football. She likes NASCAR. And what I thought was really cool was 
you were an original horror fan to begin with before you started doing these horror films, and you like some of the oldie classics and stuff, like The Odd Couple and Laverne and Shirley and My Three Sons. You don't see that very often anymore, like that classic TV stuff. I wish somebody would film, like, a classic TV program. Do you know what I mean? Like one of those oldie mm. things coming back. I think that would be awesome. It would, actually. It would. Yes, it would. I... um. Yes, I the first novel I read um was not something that the school suggested. <laughs> the first novel I read was Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Ooh. and I I literally read this going to bed, went to sleep, good night, mom and dad, and I read it with under my electric blanket and I used the light from the electric blanket under my covers to read the book at night. And I would go to finally fall asleep at like four in the morning and then be up like at whatever, seven for school. Oh my God. Fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved books, all kinds of books, but I loved ghost stories and horror and all of that ever since I was, you know, very, very young. I, you know, mm-hmm. even on TV, I loved, you know, the old, you know, Dracula movies and Frankenstein and, and all of that. Just always been a passion for myself gotcha. and even on to college when I went to UCLA the first year I stayed in the dorms and um, you have a roommate right now they have like three roommates in one room oh my god I don't know how that works but anyway in, in those days you had your side of the room and your roommate had the other side of the room tiny little room and I had a huge giant Dracula poster on my side of the wall wow really Hello? Uh Uh-oh. Hmm. Somehow we seem to... Well, that's really strange. Somehow, all of a sudden, Lisa is not here anymore. That's really unusual. I would... Just so you know, folks, I was sitting and talking into the phone, and all of a sudden, she disappeared. So I'm hoping that she'll call back into us so we can continue with the interview. Thanks so much for everybody. Oh, here we go. Just give me two seconds. Let me see if I can reconnect her. Okay. Okay, that was weird. All of a sudden I was talking to nobody, and then you weren't there anymore. I don't know what happened. <laughs> here you An are. An Amber alert. Because I don't have a landline, you know. Um, oh, right, right. That was, like 40, okay. that was like $45 a month, and I was like, but I missed my landline because things like that don't happen on a landline. Um, where uh, no, was I? Get I? It, but that's fine. <laughs> We were talking about, okay, so the question about horror, since you were talking about the horror thing and the Dracula poster, this is what I want to ask mm-hmm. you. I want to know, when you're doing horror films, like seriously, like I'm at home alone, I watch them alone. I don't know why I freak myself out, but I do, and then it makes it worse. But I don't <laughs> even know, like I saw the new It and that Annabelle, that damn clown, and I'm like, how do you people oh. go on set and how are you not like afraid to even like walk on a set or like how do you not, how are you not like scared to death because you're there. Do you know oh. what I mean? Because you're living in that moment. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I do. See, for me, it, I've, I've always adored horror. So it's, I'm like, how do they do that effect? And I'm just fascinated by it. And like, learned like, oh, so that's how they do the blood. How cool. Right. I remember when my kids were little, I had them come on set. I was doing a movie called Watchers Reborn or Watchers 4 with Mark Hamill. Yes, okay. the Mark Hamill. Oh, my gosh, talking about being nervous the first day on set with him. Um, and um, But we, I know, I know. Oh, my gosh, he's the sweetest guy. I love him. 
so uh, but one of the scenes, you know, there's like blood all over the floor and my son was with me and I'm like, look, it's just, it's just sugar water basically. And, you know, <laughs> we dipped in the bucket and you lick it and sure. see it's sweet. It tastes like sugar. <laughs> you know? Oh my um, God. So, yeah. So to me, it was just like, it was just a blast to learn. Oh, that's how they did this effect. That's how they did it. Um, oh, nice. to me, it's, I've just always been fascinated, but I have friends like Amanda Wiss, um, I should introduce you to her. She was Freddie's first kill. She was Tina in the original oh, yeah, Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. Yeah. yeah. Um, darling, green-eyed, short blue, you know, um, blonde hair and stuff. And for her, she can't stand horror films. She does not watch them. Really? She doesn't have anything to do with them. And yet <laughs> one of the things, I mean, she, she's done many things, but one of the things that she's associated with Nightmare on Elm Street. So it's, it's, it's pretty funny, actually. But for me... Everything's cool. The hardest thing I think I did in the Nightmare series was the tarantula scene. Okay. Nightmare oh, 5. Wow. Yeah. In Nightmare 5, they decided I'm wearing this shirt and the, the stonewashed, you know, 80s jeans, and I'm wearing this denim jacket. And they decided mm-hmm. it was time for me to get rid of this jacket, okay, <laughs> for the rest of the filming. And they came up with this scene and, like, well, let's just throw spiders on her and then she's got to throw off the jacket and then she stomps the jacket and the spiders. Well, um, they had real tarantulas and, you know, and, and so the, the pet keeper comes with his box of tarantulas and he's like, you want to hold it? I'm like, no, I don't want to hold the spider. I'll hold a snake. I have no problem with snakes, any reptile, but not, Spiders, not tarantulas. They're not right. No, 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 exactly. no. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I had to have these tarantulas put on me, but then they had glued or sewn on fake tarantulas on the jean jacket. Okay. So I'm, mm-hmm. and they and said, okay, when you're taking off your jacket and throwing it on the floor and you're stomping on the jacket, just make sure you don't stomp on the live tarantulas. Ew. I'm like, okay. Ew. 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 Okay, so, so that, that brings me to my obvious I could never oh, do a scene with insects like, in my mouth I, or in my either. eyeballs. Like, like actors who have done that, I'm just like, holy moly, you have balls. Girl, I, <laughs> I'm giving you credit for just doing horror to begin with because I couldn't. I can't act to begin with. I tried. It didn't work. But I'm going to tell you right now, even if I could act, there's no way in hell I'm going on the stage where all this stuff is happening. Yeah. It's crazy. So I have to tell you that obviously I've heard a number of things about your co-star. I've never had the the, uh, good fortune to meet Robert Englund or interview him yet at this point. So if you're listening, which I'm sure he's not, but if you are, Robert, know that you're welcome (laughs) on this show anytime, even though you frighten me (laughs) to death. We'll work on that. Make sure. I mean, my kids are afraid of him. I'm afraid. Oh. (laughs) We'll do a little trade-off You can get me to meet Robert Englund for me, Katie, for you. I will I will personally go down to Southern California and drive him myself to meet you. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Okay. Well, you know, this me. is what okay. we want to know. Because clearly, um, I think this is what happens. Like, I, I have a deathly fear of Tony Todd. You know who Candyman is, right? He played Candyman. Oh, yeah. I just, um, watched, oh, I just watched Sushi Girl. Have you seen Sushi Girl? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I, my I gosh. believe that I have. And I got to tell you, I I'm just watching Mark Hamill no. is in it. Right, Hamill's in it. He plays an amazing. I'm watching the movie, and I didn't even recognize him. 
he plays this really? amazing character in Sushi Girl, and Sushi Girl is okay. It is not for the weak stomach, that's for sure. It's a totally oh, creepy great. movie, but yes, Tony Todd, which he executive yeah. produced um, the film as well. Yeah, and okay, you yes, know, I I just had a I have a friend of mine who directed him in a film, and I was talking to him not so long ago, and he said, "Listen to mm. me very carefully." He's like. Nothing like what you see. He's like, don't believe that just because he's frightening you to death means that he's this awful guy. Because I hear a lot of good things about Tony Todd. So one day, my, my mm-hmm. goal is just to like, be in front of him and see if I could deal with it. Like, is it like <laughs> the Candyman image going to be like, oh, my God, he's going to, like, rip me in half and stuff? This is my fear of meeting somebody like Robert Englund because, like, you know, well, we all know that Freddie's not a nice guy, clearly, and um, I can still see his face, and I can still, you know, and I've seen what he looks mm-hmm. like, obviously. And, I, and like I said, I've heard great things, but obviously two things about Robert England. First of all, we know that you were with him on Nightmare on Elm Street. You were reunited for Fear Clinic down the road and actually nominated for a streaming award for that. And so we want to talk about not only yeah. about the film, Fear Clinic, but also just first tell us about, obviously, experiences working with Robert England. obviously, uh, without a doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that he must be an incredible actor, but more so, uh, what do you admire about uh, Freddie and not Freddie? Do you know what I mean? Because I imagine it's different working with him in one arena versus another. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes. Um, he, well, one thing about Robert England is he's brilliant. I mean, he can remember, he, he is a walking Wikipedia of film. <laughs> he knows dates. He knows films. He know. I mean, Every time we we get together, because you know we're on we go on the convention circuit, you know, and then you know we're at well, dinner, we're having drinks, this and that, and I'm always like, okay, Robert, what's the latest thing you saw? What do I need to see? I need to add it to my phone <laughs> and to my list, you know. Cool. I always trust his his opinion on what to see and his exploration of film and theater, and he's just amazing. He just truly loves the art. He just loves the art of filmmaking. And awesome. and theater. We were talking about Sam Shepard recently, who passed away. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It was so sad, and we were we were talking about that, and and it was so actually it was very interesting because I said, oh my god, I know Sam Shepard. I said, you know, I did his. He wrote a play called Barry Child, Sam Shepard, mm-hmm. which I did at UCLA Main Stage, at Fruit Playhouse, and and Robert stopped and he went, you know what, Lisa, I have to remember, you have training. You actually know stuff. It was kind of interesting, but he anyway. Sure. He's he's um just and it's such a rock and tour. I mean, you give him a microphone and he can just talk endlessly about the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. You know, a film, theater, and everything. Um, I remember on set doing Nightmare Four, and he's getting his makeup put on, right? The 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 grizzly makeup. Um, which took hours, and he's a very high energy guy. So God bless him for having been able to restrain himself know, and right? sit in a chair for that sure. long. Sure. Even, not just even just for a regular person, but for him because he's just high energy. And we were talking, and I think he, they were remodeling their bathroom or something, and so he's getting this makeup put on, and we're talking about like tile and grout, <laughs> you know. Oh my um, god. It, it was pretty. It was pretty surreal, but yeah, sure. he's he's wonderful to work with. And then in Fear Clinic, now he's playing this you know sleep doctor guy, and um, and without his makeup, and that was also surreal because I was so used to working with him in makeup for on two films, right? right. Um, but he's right. a really giving performer, 
very giving performer, and he he just wants the scene to work as best as possible in the blocking and the dialogue. And he's very gentle with all the actors in his film. He his he's not a diva by any means whatsoever. Um, he's just a really gracious, gracious guy. And, you know, we've been friends now, or he and his wife, Nancy, I mean, for, well, mm-hmm. 30 years, 30 years now. I went to their um, engagement party, in fact. Pretty cool. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I didn't want to forget to ask about this. Is he okay, by the way? Because I saw a picture of him recently where he got injured and he had to skip an event, like his leg was in a cast or something. And I saw that and I thought, oh, my yes. God, he's 70 now, right? He's a little he, bit up there. Yes. Yes, and he messed up his oh, foot, which had been injured previously in earlier years, and he actually missed okay. a couple events. In fact, um, I know he missed a uh, U.S. event, and then we were doing a show in Germany, in Munich, that he was supposed to attend, and he couldn't. He couldn't attend, so I was there all by my lonesome, but, uh, but he's doing much better. I just saw him in That's Chicago awesome. at Flashback Weekend, what, a couple weeks ago, and he's doing... He's doing very well. He's walking and everything's good, so we're happy. This is good. And just I want to remind that to you and Robert Englund, by the way, you're 90 minutes away from me. Thanks for inviting me. 90 minutes from my house. Thanks. Didn't get the invite there. A little bummed about that. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Okay. Well, and what I thought was really cool was, I don't know if, do you know an actor by the name of, I have a dear friend by the name of uh, Roberto Lombardi, and he actually does uh, films with Chris Notarelli. In fact, they're going to be at my film festival. They're screening Freddy Krueger. It's oh. their tribute, literally tribute films to Robert Englund's character, obviously. And so Roberto oh. was at these shows. So I'm betting you probably met him or he probably met him and didn't, but I thought that was so cool. I am just pleased that I get to honor uh, Robert's work at my festival. I'm like, that's kind of exciting, but kind of frightening all at once. I, I just, he bothers me a lot. I mean, it's, I can't help it. I'm like, you bother me. So I'd probably be petrified to meet him too. But... That's good. And, and what else? The other thing I want to ask about him is obvious. Tell us something, or the listening audience rather, because to them, I think sometimes you get so well. You know what happens? Actors get stereotyped. Therefore, every time somebody's synonymous, and it's not a bad thing, but sometimes they get stuck being. Everybody's going to remember Robert Englund for this instead of this. Do you know what I mean? So, is there something you mm-hmm. would say about him that uh, had nothing to do with Freddie Krieger? Something we should know? Something we want to know about him? I think that would be cool. Well. Um, he's a surfer. He surfs. Really? Yes, he loves surfing. He's a total uh, beach guy. Yep. That's awesome. Um, and yes, and he's also well known for his series V, a series called right. V, and yep. his character. Um, he's well known for that. And but he's also just done all kinds of interesting. TV roles and films and all kinds of different characters, you know, and kind of, kind of like all of us, you know, like we, we, you know, when I did Nightmare on Elm Street, I was already a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I'd already seen the first one, second one and third one. So the opportunity to audition for the fourth one was just beyond, I was beyond ecstatic, (laughs) you know, um, I bet. And, um, but, but, and it's just like, you know, but I have a, you know, I did soap operas, I did sitcoms, I did episodic, I had recurring role in Knots Landing, I did Star Trek, all this kind of thing. And, and much like Robert England, you know, he he has a very varied past and has played all kinds of different kinds of characters. Um, So, you know, it, I I would say go to IMDb, look him up and check out some of his other works, you know. 
That's awesome. Thank you. Now, the last question I have relative to nightmare is obvious, which is this. How in the heck did you end up being a survivor? Because let me just say, most people don't survive him. Clearly, if you watch the films, almost everyone dies <laughs> at some point. And ugly. Yes. Very ugly. So I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, were you, like, disappointed that you lived? I don't. I mean, I don't mean to sound stupid about that, but it's like, isn't it kind of cool to be like, oh, yeah, he got me. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it cooler to live or is it cooler that you want to be a victim? I love this. I'm just curious. You know, I love this. No, I love this question because, yes, for the longest time, I'm like, gosh darn it. I didn't get my death scene. What the heck? I did two of these dang movies. I didn't even get my death scene. I don't have some notoriety for my death scene because Aww. something about it's very clever in the Nightmare on Street movies, you know, like, even when we just look at Nightmare 4, you know, the death of Debbie, she's terrified of insects. She dies as a cockroach, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, just very, the gal, uh, Sheila, who has uh, asthma, she dies of an asthma attack, you know? I mean, whoa. I talk about creep you out, right? So, yeah, right. I, was, I felt very hostile that I didn't have my final Aww. death scene. What the heck happened to Allison Jacob, for heaven's sakes, you know? A couple years ago, I finally mm-hmm. did a whole about face, you know? Uh, or I would say last year, actually, when I started learning social media and getting my grips on, you know, what the heck do I do as an actress now? And I realized that it's pretty awesome. I never got killed. So my new mm-hmm. sort of logo is Alice Lives. Alice so anyway so and I even designed a little pin that I actually give away or sell at times at shows on my website Alice Lives so and to a lot of people to a lot of people a lot of fans they think that if they they come up to the table and they're like you never you beat Freddie he didn't get you you're awesome you're rock you know so I now find it a glory I'm glorified <laughs> that I didn't get killed. That, I think that's cool, though. No, I was just curious about that because I'm like, as an actor, I just wonder, okay, well, she's been in two of these and da-da-da-da, so that answered my question. And since we're on the film yeah. thing, the other, one I, the other project I want to bring up, of course, is you playing Carol Brady. You were in the unauthorized Brady Bunch. And yes. um, I'm just curious, uh, you know, that's a pretty iconic thing to live up to, obviously. So was that intimidating to you at all? or And how much research did you have to do to prepare for something like that? Oh my gosh, that was that was really something. I mean, I, just some, and the fact too, because it was like a behind the scenes. So I got to play Florence Henderson, right, as herself, and Carol Brady in this project. It was a TV movie with Fox, and interesting enough, I had an audition for it, and somehow the it was mixed up where I was supposed to go, and I went to Santa Monica for the audition, and the audition was in Burbank, which is like an hour mm-hmm. away. So they had sure. to reschedule the audition, and I go to the audition, and it was 5 o'clock on a Friday. I was the last person to audition for the entire movie, you know, of all the, ca- you know, okay. all the cast, all the characters. And I auditioned, and I, of course, had watched The Brady Bunch you know, growing up, you know, the reruns and all that. So I felt, you know, comfortable doing the audition. And, you know, the director was there and, and, and this and that. And he gave me some adjustments and I did it. And I left. Um, and I'm driving home 
it's about 15 minutes after I audition, and I get a call on my cell phone back then when the cell phones were the size of a brick. And he's like, um, my manager's like, I don't know what you did in there, but uh, you, you, you booked the role. I'm like, what? What? Oh, my gosh, you're kidding. So, so, exci- so excited. And fortunately, production provided, back then, VHS, provided oh, right. all kinds of tapes. So I could study, you know, her voice and her mannerisms and, and all of that. So, gee, gosh darn, it's such a bummer to be an actress. I had to spend all weekend <laughs> watching Brady Bunch episodes. Right. <laughs> so that that was really a thrill. I'm I'm very sad that I never got to meet her in person. Um, oh, she's right. a phenomenal singer, performer, and right. from everything I hear, a wonderful, wonderful person, you know, as well. So sure. anyway, it was it was pretty awesome too because they had original set pieces from the Brady Bunch show. Um, so I, you know, we're in the Brady Bunch kitchen. I'm like, I can't believe I'm in the Brady Bunch kitchen. I, I, I mean, I'm a little girl from Missouri, and I'm now playing Carol Brady, Florence Henderson, in the Brady Bunch kitchen and wearing her clothes. They did my hair when she had the shag style, you know, and um, oh my gosh, it, it was. It was really something. But I do have a likeness to her, so I think that kind of helped to need a book. Oh, without a doubt, definitely. If folks want to be able to check out the um, the production itself or the project itself, is it on like a Netflix or an Amazon or there's some place that we can go watch it? Because I haven't seen it myself either, actually. No, that's a good question. I believe there are – there could be some clips at my website. Um, the gal okay. who, who does my website is uh, – okay knows how to find clips from things you wouldn't even like Mr. Belvedere and MacGyver gotcha. and um, Jason. I work with Jason Bateman. I work with George Clooney. I work with Mark right. Hamill. And she has found these, collected these, these clips and put them on my website. So I will have to check awesome. and see if. Um, Please. Uh, and just let me know because it. people yeah. want to see something like that. That'd be awesome. Now on the okay. flip side of the fence, I wanted to mention television clearly because you were on two of my favorite shows in the entire world, both Nats Landing and General Hospital. Like uh, Rick Springfield, I grew <laughs> up on and was like, oh, my God, and yes. now here she is in General Hospital. Nats Landing, I was so mad when they took that off. I'm still mad. I'm like, this is a I bunch know. of crap. Because you don't really <laughs> have night soap operas anymore. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So, oh, you know, I some know. actors and we I love those to, shows, like Dynamite I know. and all those. And and some of the actors, Landing, I know. Some people have been from there. Yeah. Like, I've interviewed certain people that have come from – uh, daytime soap operas and some that have done like Falcon Crest and other things. So here's my question mm-hmm. about that because some of them are like, oh, it's just campy television. And it was just really kind of nobody took it seriously and that kind of stuff. But I beg to differ. Mm. I, I tend to think that those those people to the soap operas are not only quite loyal, but it gets you into a much mm-hmm. larger production, meaning that you're you're working with a lot more actors. Set times are a little yeah. bit different. Expectations are different. Just talk about your experience with the, in the soap opera realm. Did that kind of prepare you for doing more of the major film stuff, do you think? Or what was the one oh, lesson you yeah. took away from soap acting? Oh, my gosh. Soap acting was the greatest training ground, other than having my theater background, right? But then mm-hmm. um, I had graduated UCLA, and in about six weeks, I'm so happy, I booked uh, Young and the Restless. And then oh, wow. General Hospital. And in General Hospital, I had a recurring role for about six, eight months or so. And mm-hmm. it is an amazing trading ground because you they move so fast. I mean, you have to have your lines down. I mean, you have to think. Oh, they right. are filming every single day. So you finish work, you go home, you've got a ton of lines to memorize. So it was great 
rehearsal and practice for the brain and just being ready the next day to do your role, you know. And I know General Mm -hmm. Hospital Clip is on my website. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, my God, look at the hair. (laughs) Look at this. Um, But it was a (laughs) truly, because you you don't get a take. You get one take. You know, maybe two, but no. One take, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. It's a huge sound studio, and they've got all the rooms set up, and the cameras are just whizzing to the next location set, you know, piece or whatever. Um, so it was, right. it was great. And I, and I have to share something kind of fun. Um, Jack Wagner was on general. Oh Hunter. yeah. Yeah. The hot Jack Wagner. Yes. Uh-huh. And he ended up marrying, can't remember the actress's name right now, but oh, yeah, she was on general the hospital. Girl. Well, the beautiful blonde. I'm sorry, I don't remember. Yes. yes. Beautiful, beautiful blonde. So years later, my eldest has started school, and he's in first grade or so, and he's like, and his best friend is this boy, I can't remember his name, John, let's say. Okay. So they want to have play dates. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's Jack Wagner's son <laughs> and his Seriously. wife. Oh, my Seriously. God. So how my funny son is that? has bonded with the Wagner's son and their best friends. So we had play dates. And so their son would come to my house. Alice would go to their house. And that's just kind of bizarre, right? Sure. <laughs> it's just weird. That, well, you anyway. know, when you're going to hang out with Jack Wagner, that's probably not a bad thing. Because I've heard really good things about <laughs> acting in the show and stuff like that, but I've never personally met him. Yeah. So hopefully with any luck at all, if I get big enough or celebrity enough or whatever have you, I'll be able to do that. But here's my other question, because you had been on Chicago Hope. You did Hart Castle and McCormick. Right. Yes. Did you, Christina was um, her name. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Now, I often Hardcastle see that a lot of my friends get. Oh, oh, Hardcastle. That was like in the 80s, right? Yeah. That was That's my first, one of my very first guest star, star roles, actually. And it was, um, right. it was like a beauty pageant that was a cover for okay. some crime going on. And and I right. um, 16, You're Beautiful and You're Mine. And I remember I, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like the song, which in fact mm-hmm. the Sherman brothers wrote, who later on, a number of years later, I met my husband from the Sherman brothers. Sure. <laughs> anyway. Oh my God, that's so wild. Duplicitous things in life. It's fascinating. Um, but yeah, oh, the guys were great. The guys were darling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really fun show to do. Yeah. I bet. Now, I want to ask you about this because I know traditionally the, the next two projects that you have coming up, if I'm not mistaken, are film relative, not TV. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. The reason I ask that is because I'm also curious about if you will do anything like a web series or, or are you intending to go back to television as well? Because I've seen some of the stuff from your TV, um, some of the background for the TV stuff, and I'm like, you know what? You'd probably do well there, like theater and TV. Listen to me, planning your career. Just do theater and TV. Yeah. No <laughs> well, I would love to do TV again. It's just the industry has changed so much to that. Um, when, I, when I started acting, um, it would, there was this sort of cinder block wall, you know, oh, I won't do TV. I'll only do film or theater. You know, it was this whole pompous thing. Well, that wall fell down. And now, as we know, film stars are doing guest stars on TV. So that means mm-hmm. us young actors 
that's how we all got started doing TV sure. stars, recurring roles. You know, we were we were nobodies. You know, we're building our resume, and those roles went to us. But then the right. industry just changed. So to do TV now is quite difficult to get a role, or even, much less an audition, because so many of those roles are now taken up with you know household names. So. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. So I, I would love You're to doing very well. Again. Yeah. Um, but films. Did, did you have, hear that? Um, All my friends, <laughs> cast on TV. What? Anybody listening? Lisa will do television. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, I will do television. In fact, I was I was talking to, um, I just changed um, my commercial agency, and they have a theatrical okay. department, and I met with them theatrically as well, and they're like, would you do TV? Because, yeah, I have more film work now. That That's what just comes right. in due to um, my presence in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. So, you know, offers okay. will just come in for films. Um, mm-hmm. but, but TV, and I'm like, are you kidding? I would love to do TV again. <laughs> I love it. That's cool. I love it. And I love sitcoms the best. I mean, sitcoms, there's a handful of those anymore. Um, but those are mm-hmm. fantastic because it's like a theater experience. You rehearse all week, Friday, again, like I said right. earlier, and then you have a lot of audience, so... Anyway, I'm I am back to it full time, so we shall see what happens. We shall see. Definitely. Now, I want you to talk about, if you would please, you have two different projects coming up. Mystery Spot is one of them, and then Kexburg is the other. So tell the folks a little bit about both projects and when we might be able to expect to see something on either one of those. Ooh, um, yeah, Mystery Spot is um, Mel. I've worked with a couple times. Um, He's a writer and director, and it's okay. a mystery. And I oh, nice. play a journalist, photographer, and it's a really very few roles in it. It's a, oh, gosh, it's a really awesome script. So okay, I, it will film in Texas. I'm very excited to do it. It's not a horror film. And then, ah! and then yeah, it's not a horror film. Then Kessberg is... A satire, and okay. it is uh, already up on IMDb. I think Mystery Spot is as well, and it okay. is um, it, it is kind of like an Independence Day kind of film. Do you remember Independence Day? Yeah, anyway, I do. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm playing a FBI, basically like an FBI agent that has to contain a situation. So I'm ah, very excited okay. to be wearing a black suit and, you know, eyeglasses and be very serious. So it's, it's a role <laughs> I have. It's a kind of role. Yeah. It's a kind of role I haven't had to play, you know, as some kind of callous and cold and calculated. Sure. Um, so, sure. yeah. So I'm, I'm super. And that'll be filmed in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. So a couple things very on the plate. Nice. I like that. Indeed. And yeah. before I forget, we don't want to forget to mention this, because, of course, as you just said, you do the Comic-Con circuit, actually. So I wanted to ask if there's anything in the near future, if somebody's listening in and they want to get to a Comic-Con, meet Lisa face-to-face, where are you headed next? Anything in the near future? Oh. Anybody, anybody can go to something? Yes, yes, yes. Um, next month in September, um, I'm doing um, Lexington, Kentucky, and let me think. It's the it's the last weekend in September. It's called Scarefest in Lexington. Oh, okay. So I have that coming up. Yes, and then I'm doing San Antonio Comic Con in October, 
And I love San Antonio, too. That is going to be totally fantastic. And then I have a Comic-Con in Rhode Island in November. So um, I know. I know. So quite quite a few things coming up. And it's all on my website, too. Um, All my, you know, activities and whatnot. And then along with filming and auditioning and this, that, and the other. And, uh, Cindy, I have to ask you, this is sort of off the cuff, did you by any chance see Pro Flowers Mother's Day commercial running? From what I hear, it played like crazy. But anyway, I was in that commercial. I'm trying to think. Um, As the older mom. Honestly, most of us moms were out with our kids. Honestly, the TV wasn't even on like Mother's Day night. So I was like, okay, I won't lie. I'll keep my eyes out for it. But no, to the best of my knowledge, I haven't seen it. Sorry to say. Well, no, 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 because I went back to doing commercials recently, like you mentioned earlier in the show, which, by the way, I did those in college. I did like six commercials. I did, I was a Wendy's girl. Okay. I did a couple of those style soap and that. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, amazing, but I went back to doing those. So, so you all out there might see me here and there in a commercial. So keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> oh, definitely. I will without a doubt. Now the last question I have for you before we go through telling people how to find you, etc., is this, because my kids are going to kill me. They're very patiently waiting for their mother. And I know if I don't ask this question, they're going to kill me. Now, uh, mm-hmm. my son is a Kylo, my one son is a Kylo Ren fan, but I would think hands down they're both a Luke Skywalker fan. So I'm like, uh, I would Ooh. be remiss as a mom by not asking, what can I tell my children about Luke Skywalker? Because he wasn't Luke Skywalker then, was he? Now, when you worked with him, he wasn't Luke Skywalker then, was he? He was. Oh, yes, he was. <gasps> That's right. He was Luke Skywalker. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, because Star Wars, um, yeah, was... Um, we came out what I want to say late seventies, late seventies, right? The first one. Oh, is it that yeah. old? Really? Holy crap! Yeah. Okay. And no, so I mean, I got cast in Watchers, based on Dean Koontz's book Watchers, and there were already, oh yeah, okay. They'd already done three Watchers films, and then um, Mark and I did the one that is closest to the book, the Dean Kuntz book. Okay. And it's kind of funny because when I was doing Nightmare on Elm Street 4, um, someone on set recommended this book, Watchers, and I read it in Nightmare 4, and then okay. years later, I'm now doing the movie, <laughs> Watchers. And it <laughs> okay. was Watchers 4. 4 seems to be my lucky number. Anyway, and um, Mark Hamill was in it. I was so excited, and he is the nicest guy quick two quick stories one he loves the simpsons mark loves the simpsons so we had our trailers so he would bring simpsons um tapes to set and we would sit in the trailer and we would watch simpsons episodes right (laughs) and then he was all excited that my husband was part of the sherman family because there's a simpsons episode about mary poppins but it was called mary bobbins a simpson episode so we watched that together and then, oh my gosh, Mark, Mark was married, three kids, and all that. He sure. invited me, my husband, and my two boys to his house. And so we went to his house in Malibu, swam in the pool, we hung out on the patio. And oh my, my youngest son was about two, about three years old. And we're sitting at the patio, and there's this bowl of cherries, and we're we're just all chatting. But I didn't know that my young son really loved cherries. So I look over, half of the bowl is gone. Okay, and he's been eating <laughs> half of the okay. bowl of cherries. And then 
he proceeds to turn a bit green and yes vomits <gasps> oh my god on Mark Hamill and his wife's lovely patio oh my god and Mark, embarrassing and to has, say the least right exactly and Mark's like no problem because they had kids right he's like no problem sure. and he just got the hose right there and just hosed it all off the patio oh that's awesome so, um yeah, so there's my story about Mark Hamill. Anyway, lovely, lovely I will man. have to share that with my lovely, lovely children. And yes, Mark Hamill, not that I think that you're listening to us, but I'm pretty sure you are. So just call into us anytime. <laughs> Feel free to come on my show, Luke Skywalker, because we can't wait. That would be awesome. <laughs> so let me give the rundown yeah. here to you folks for how to find Lisa. She is on the following different places. And then I, I lied. I have one more question, but you'll like this one. Um, she is on IMDb <laughs> and LinkedIn. Her website is lisawilcox.com. She's on Facebook. She has both a personal page as well as her professional page, um, which is Lisa E. Wilcox. She's on Instagram at the Lisa Wilcox, Twitter at Lisa Wilcox one. She has a Wikipedia page. And then, of course, um, I want you to tell the folks here, because we almost forgot about this, that you have a new YouTube channel. Um, and then what sort of things can they find on your YouTube channel? Well, it, it, it's kind of fun. Um, a, a friend of mine surprised me and took me to the location in Culver City here in Los Angeles where the Crave Inn was. Um, and that scene, there were several scenes interior, but exterior um, when we filmed um, the Crave Inn is where I'm running around the Crave Inn many times and you think there's, it's, okay. it's re-looped, 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 and you think there's something, you, you're watching the movie going, what the heck's going on? Why is this repeating? Anyway, it's purposeful in the film. <laughs> So my friend right. took me to this location. I was like, oh, my God. And, and it's now uh, Cafe de la Rente, but the location okay. is there, and this and that. And, and this kind of light bulb went off in my head, and I went, oh, my gosh, it would be so fun to revisit locations um, that we filmed at, Nightmare right. 4 and 5. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I hired a little crew and found the locations. And so we Johnson House, well, my brother, dad, you know, our house in Burbank, that's in Burbank, right. filmed there. We filmed at um, the uh, cinema in Pasadena, uh, one of the scenes in Nightmare 4. And so, anyway, you just see me revisiting these locations. <clears throat> and I've done That's Oh, awesome. in the Fountain as well in Griffith Park. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm starting to bring in actors. Like I have one of the episodes is with me and Danny, who is the boyfriend, my boyfriend, um, in 4 and 5. And I interview him at the fountain. See, there's one episode with me just at the fountain, and then with him, and I interview him. So anyway, it's it's been a lot of fun, and I'll be producing, I'll be releasing another episode probably in about a week, um, and more to come. Yeah. So I think about four are there at uh, Lisa Wilcox Actress. Um, is how you can specifically find the uh, the little YouTube shows I'm doing, and they're they're short. They're just short and fun. So. That's awesome. I like yeah. that, definitely. Well, this much I have to tell you, young lady. Um, I'm sure you know the drill here. In about two hours from now, um, this will be archived, so you can go back, and I'll send you the link, of course, so this way you can share it with absolutely everybody. I'll eventually put it onto my YouTube channel. <laughs> it'll be up there as well. Great. Um, 
Yes, I will reach out to people and try to find out where Katie's doing anything live. Because to be honest with you, um, obviously she's a hot commodity. Reaching her is a little harder than some of the people that I know. Like if you wanted to meet like Amelia Rivera or Dayton Kelly, it's a little bit easier. But I'll work on that. Now, I wish that you were getting yourself around to New York City because the mid-October is when my film festival is going on. Because I would have loved to have had you for my panel. You know, because people like you were like extreme as far as that goes but what i am going to do is later on today i'm going to speak to the people that i know that you may not know that actually cast people for horror films because you'd be perfect for this and they would welcome you with arms oh, I'm sure. um, oh my god thank I want to you yes please well of course please please we're please. all about surprises it's on all the about show. definitely <laughs> networking well, it's, it's all about networking and helping and all that good stuff it's, no thank you it is because people don't know that of i'm course. back you know what I mean? Well, so I'm back, and the best like, way yes, to do that I'm is available. To Hire me. <laughs> Definitely. That's yeah. right. So Thank I'll send you. your information off to my horror peeps so that this way they can go ahead and they can do something about that as far as that goes. Uh, I am coming to L.A. That'd be great. So I will let you know. It'll be in September sometime. I'm not sure which, but I'll be bouncing around between places, so I'll let you know when I'm there, certainly. And the last thing that yes. we do on the show is that I get, I get to do probably about – 120 seconds worth of telling me what I think of you. And the reason I do that is because it's not scripted. This gives me a chance to tell the folks and you what I think of you um, and, and yourself, and it gives them a little hindsight into my impressions of you. So this is my thoughts mm. on Lisa Wilcox, folks. The very first time that I looked at her picture, I was very intimidated because she's far more attractive than I am. Um, she clearly has a body of work that I could never parallel because I can't act to save my life. One of the reasons I bring people like you on my show is because you are of a superior talent, of superior beauty, and more importantly, I've watched you. I've seen all these different pictures. You don't mind making fun of yourself, making fun of your situation in the cutest way possible, meaning you, you like to parody yourself and others, which I think is cool. You seem to have a very free spirit about you, and I mean inside, outside, you come across as anybody can walk up to me, and um, I'm nothing like what I was in the movies, meaning that you you far more love or than you are horrific, so to speak which I think is awesome. It's one of the reasons why I like horror so much is that it, it, it instills fear in us, but the people that come away from it are just magical and amazing. I am very impressed by your body of work and your talent. You're so very grounded and down to earth, and you made me feel far less nervous than I really was when you came on my show. I'm very grateful that you were very patient because I had to wait for a while to get to you. Um, I, I want the opportunity to meet you, hopefully outside of a Comic-Con and see the real girl because I know you're working at Comic-Con. Um, so I would love to do that. If I can align something where we're working with something together, even better. But um, know that my show is open to you anytime you want to come back. And I'm looking forward to hopefully doing more with you and trying to get my friends to do more with you. I, I just think you're absolutely lovely. And thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, my goodness. That was just amazing. Thank you. You made my my year. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> oh, thank I'll you. you when I get a great. Hold of Gemma. When I call you and I say, Jim, yeah. coming, then you're going to probably be like, oh, my yes. God, absolutely. I will Definitely. shriek. I will jump up and down uh, and literally shriek. I, Seriously. I am sure that you will, my dear. <laughs> Definitely. And thanks, you, and thanks again, like I said, for being so patient. I'll send you off the link in a couple of hours, certainly. And like I said, I'll send off your information okay. tonight, and I'll keep you posted on the, these director guys and let you know what's going on. And enjoy. If I don't get to talk to you before the weekend, have a nice weekend, and I'll be in touch. Thank you, Cindy. It was great. All right, Thank my you dear. So you take care. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Tell me she wasn't adorable, right? Absolutely nothing like her character. Totally not Nightmare on Elm Street, which I think is awesome. One more time, her Facebook personal page as well as professional page, it's Lisa Wilcox, her professional page being Lisa E. Wilcox. The website is lisawilcox.com. She is on IMDb. 
LinkedIn, Wikipedia. Her Instagram is the Lisa Wilcox. Her Twitter handle is at Lisa Wilcox One, and of course her YouTube channel. Um, the the correct name basically is Lisa L E W W One, but you can just look up the Lisa Wilcox actress. Huge big hug and thanks again to Lisa Wilcox. Obviously, hopefully with any luck at all, Robert Englund and Mark Hamill have heard the show and they're going to run to come on here. Probably not, but you never know. Um, And one more reminder, I'm off tomorrow and Friday, but of course, look for my show on Thursday, 5 o'clock Central Standard Time with musician, Canadian musician at that, Jeff Penny. So thanks again to everybody listening in. I'm off to have a great day with my kids. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care.